extraordinary results career gentleman come on. Um, and so I'm excited. Like there's just something. I, I, I actually caught the tail end of that. I reached out to my LinkedIn and connected. We're going to connect on Zoom yes. later tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, two powerhouses getting together. Uh, that'll be great. So, yeah, no, he, he's a, he sounds like an interesting guy. So, uh, Ken, as far as uh, finding your dream job, uh, purpose, where did you begin your career? Meaning your, your first job. How old were you? What was it? My, my first job was like fresh out of university, got my business degree. I started in packaged goods marketing with a company that uh, no longer exists, but they were the makers of Listerine and Hall's Mentholithus cough, cough tablets. And those were the brands that I was the brand manager on. And after that, wow. I ended, after that, I ended up at 7up and I was the brand manager on, on the soft drink 7up. And after that, I went into advertising and, and I spent eight years of my life in advertising. And then after that, I, I became an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur now. Oh God, for more years. Than Did you guys while. invent the game heads down? Thumb? No, I just got to set seven <laughs> up. Um, so real, real quick. Um, did you have a job before the university as a, as a kid or no? Well, before university? Yeah. Um, I had part-time jobs just like any kid. I got my very first job at 14 working in a public library. Uh, and my next job was, was uh, working as a stock boy in a, in a, in a, in a retail store. And then, uh, then I spent four years working in. I bet in, that was uh, your dream job. No, that wasn't the dream job. No, that wasn't the dream <laughs> job. And then, nope. then yeah, then I spent uh, all the time I was going to university and everything. My part-time jobs are all uh, working in camera retail. So I was, uh, I was a camera salesperson. So. Okay. And so, um, did what? When did you get hit with this idea of like, man, I got to find my dream job? Um. It's just, it's a personal, personal experience that happened to me. Like, I mean, I, uh, and we'll probably end up talking about this a little bit later on in the show. Uh, I just woke up one morning and I couldn't get out of bed because I hated my job so much. And that's when I realized I had to figure that out. That's... Were you 14? No, 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 I was a lot older than that. <laughs> I was 30. Yeah. I was 34 by then. Another 20 years had passed, but. 34 when you yeah. realize that you, you got to get, you got to get in a new career. Yeah, it was, it was, that's, that's when I realized that, that, that. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. everybody and welcome in to another episode of vision pros live i'm super excited to be here my name is jackson callum I'm the founder of first class business as well and i am excited to have ken steven on board we're gonna be talking about finding your dream job and that's super relevant for you entrepreneurs out there as well um and it not not just for the ones who are opening vape shops just for the sake of opening a vape shop or a laundromat just for the sake of of uh cash flow the, i think those people as well you have an opportunity to stop reflect and think, do I really love what I'm doing with my time? Do I really love the way that my life is turning out? And that can be a strong word for those of you who, you know, are maybe trying to figure out how to like the things that are happening in life. But bear with me, hang in there. We're going to have Ken talk about how to uh, revolutionize your life through this revolutionary way of finding your job, your dream job and your purpose. And he's got passion um, very similar to mine. So I'm excited to, I'm excited to blow the roof off of this one. Um, with that said, I want to make sure to give some highlights to our sponsors. These are tools. These are people who 
Elevate and Uplift My Life. These are actually not sponsors that pay for this position. I choose to put them there because I know a lot of you need help with different resources. So Cold Click is who we go to and utilize for helping us strategize our LinkedIn automation and setting that up correctly so that we can meet we can meet with and reach as many as possible who are like-minded for us. Now, I'm going to give a little tip today about that. One of the things that I see a lot of people waste their time doing is if they're not aligned with me, they take the time to respond and tell me that. And they take the time to sometimes uh, say, you know, try to condescend or say something silly and it doesn't do anything to me. I'm fine. I wonder why do they waste so much of their daily time dealing with spam? Like trying, what are they going to do? Put out the spam fire in the, in, in the world? I don't think so. Um, and my messages they're not. They're very inviting. They're very opening. But my point is, if you take the time to respond to somebody you're not going to work with, you're wasting your own time. Just let it go. Just let it be. Don't even bother. They'll go away. If they're not going to provide you a great service, they're not going to be persistent. They're not going to be consistent. They're going to be reliable. They will go away. But if they are persistent, consistent, reliable, and ethical, then it might be worth taking a look at working with them. So anyway, those are some secrets and, tr and tricks for you in terms of creating automation that saves you time and allows you to spend your time with great people like Ken Steven. Another great person that I want to highlight and recommend is tapmental.io. is David Goodall who runs that company, Tapmental. Um, I don't really specialize very much in working with uh, blue-collar um, companies, uh, general contractors, construction, all that. I grew up in an oil field family, but I kind of fell far from the tree. I don't, I don't enjoy changing tires that are the same size as I am. Um, and so uh, Dave, at the same time, he, he really does hit it off well with the good old boys in the world. And he's got extreme understandings of data analytics, finances, how to grow businesses, how to build systems, and also how to get into your head and heart and help you extract what's really going on and what's really holding back those processes so that you can unlock growth at greater levels. I've just been really impressed with Dave. So every time I come on here and talk about him as a sponsor of the show, I think I share something new, but the more important uh, aspect that I want you to take advantage of is go go look at the case studies. Just go see who he's working with and how. And, and if you want a proposal from him, test his knowledge to an extreme level of, of where he would go with it. And uh, if, if you have an experience like me, he always kind of blows my mind with how deep he's able to go, how quickly and how on point he is about the questions that, that he asks about operations. I really enjoy my role play sessions with him on, on how to go about helping businesses with their growth. So um, the last one that I'll highlight here, the one that's the dearest and dearest to my heart is the water project. So if you have the opportunity to help people out uh, that don't have access to things like podcasts and live streams and, and being able to just enjoy their day, they have to go get water. They have to go find a source of drinking water, and it's not always safe. Uh, we have the opportunity to actually help very specific communities um, at, that don't have access to clean drinking water build what's called a borehole well or a sand dam. Um, there's probably other projects that they that they do, and I really enjoy the process of learning about not only what am I giving to and how does it work, but I get to see the effect that they put on the community because they share through social media and through newsletter posts exactly what has happened and what your contribution has contributed to, even if you're only able to give a couple dollars. So if you aren't in a position to give financially, but you're hearing this, hear this with your heart and just share it with people. And also, if you know of a cause that we should be giving to, then drop it in the comments because we want to know what other causes we can be contributing to that help us really serve the masses. Um, everything that we do, 
on Vision Pros Live, First Class Business, et cetera, is about helping us put ourselves in a position where we can help the 8 billion people on this earth who desperately need help. There's so many people who have far greater needs than we do. So we always take the time to make sure to dive into that uh, in the beginning of the show. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring Ken Steven on in just a minute. Um, it, Ken's on a mission to help 1 million people get unstuck from a job that provides no joy or meaning and discover work that will fuel their passions and inspire their purpose. Most of us spend the majority of our time in our work. It's something that is so important. I was very impressed too with James Hilliard today. We talked about a very similar subject and he said, if you're having a tough time at home, you know, or in your personal life, then it likely transitions with you to work. Um, and then your baggage, you're, bring, you're actually bringing problems to work with you. I thought that was really interesting. But what if you could both improve the way you show up to work and the environment and also go find a job that you really, really enjoy doing and are passionate about? If you can combine those two realities, it's amazing how much it can make a difference on how you go to bed at night, uh, how you how you enjoy your health what type of experiences you have with your family when you come home because you're not griping or worried or stressed about what happened at work. There are so many advantages when you actually enjoy what you're doing. And so, Ken, thank you for joining me today. I'm happy to have you on Vision Pros. Hey, Jackson, thank you for inviting me to be your guest today. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I hope I can contribute something that's uh, valuable to your listeners. I know you will. I can already, I already know you will. You never, you've never met with me and not provided value to my life. So I see that happening uh, right now with the listeners, by the way, thank you for sending the book. We'll talk about this and I don't want to forget to talk about it because it's awesome. You sent me the book, you sent me a bookmark with it. You even signed it. Super gracious of you, man. Um, so yeah, my pleasure. This, this is great. We're going to be talking about this in just a minute. First off, who should be listening and why do you feel they should be listening to you, Ken? <laughs> they got millions of options well no 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 right, I, so. I i get it like let me let me put it to you this way yeah. if you're someone who's feeling stuck in a job right now that maybe you don't enjoy all that much and the work that you're doing isn't very fulfilling and you certainly don't feel inspired and you'd really rather be doing work that you could feel passionate about doing but you don't really have any clue what your true passions are then you're my ideal audience and uh, why you'd want to listen to me is because, hey, I know exactly how you feel. I've been there. I've done that. I've been stuck in the same place. And that was the motivation for me to spend 16 years researching and tweaking and perfecting an online assessment called the Dream Job Type Indicator, which now makes it fast and easy for anyone to figure out what they're naturally passionate about doing. And once you know what you're passionate about doing, it's a lot easier to do a job shift into work that you know you're going to make you finally make you happy at work or, 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 or create your own business, your own passion based business. I love that. I love that. So if you've ever if you ever done an assessment in the past and uh, you have people in your ear that say like, oh, another assessment, ignore them. That's like somebody saying, ah, oh, another workout, you know, like uh, we, we should constantly be assessing for good, um, you know, and try to have some fun with it. But whether it's StrengthsFinder, DISC, et cetera, adding to it Passion Pro, um, something I created, it does not replace the value that can come from the separate paradigm perspective and angle that somebody like Ken has developed through his own experience as well. So I am excited to dive a little bit more into the assessment today. But my first question for you is, 
What's your vision for those that you serve? Um, you you defined some of the the painful realities that they're in right now. What do you look forward to seeing them accomplish? Two days, two months, two years, twenty years down the road, or or their legacy. Well, you know, I, I I put this on my website. It's in the book too. Like I envision a world where everyone eagerly embraces their job, feeling passionate and purpose driven by what they do, right? And and it's like we spend eighty thousand hours of our life working. Half of our waking hours, we are basically at work, and it makes no sense to me that you should take the precious time that we have on this planet and spend it doing stuff that has no joy, meaning, or purpose. It makes no sense. So my vision would be, you know, to help people, if you're feeling unfulfilled and uninspired, to help them figure out what makes them passionate and purpose-driven, to help them figure out what can they do, like what is the work they can do that they love that can make a difference somehow, right? Like it's it's... To me, it's important. Like if you want to feel if you want to feel fulfilled in life, you need to feel like your work is making a difference, that that you are serving in some way that that contributes in a positive manner, right? And 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 so it's not just about making a job where you can make money. If you if the job you're doing makes money, but you don't feel any meaning or purpose to that job, then you're denying yourself fulfillment. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, we, it's one thing to uh, have somebody else block you, but it's another to be blocking ourselves in that reality. So Ken, let's talk about your vision a little bit. So what's, what's your vision for you over the, over the next, again, I don't want to quantify the time period. I want you to quantify it for us. Um, where's your vision take you to and, and what does the fulfillment of that look like? I've got a huge vision, right? Like it's just, it's, it's actually, it's become my life purpose, really. You know, like I've, I've kind of I've gone from the corporate world and I've gone from the entrepreneurial stuff. I spent basically 45 years of my life in marketing and I retired from that. This is what I do now and what I'm going to be doing for the next 30 years. And, and in that 30-year period, what I want to do, again, I want to help at least 1 million people get unstuck from jobs that provide them with joy, no joy or meaning or purpose and help them find jobs that fuel their passion as part of the purpose. I want to do that. But you're going to crush I, that. I yeah, no, I, I it, and it's going to take a while to do that, right? It's going to take a while to do that. Mm -hmm. But I'd also like to, um, I'd like to change the way that that organizations think about structuring teams. Okay. Like right now, I mean, we have job descriptions. Why do job descriptions have to be written in such a way that people do 60% of the things on that list that they don't enjoy doing? Why don't we change the job descriptions around so they get to do more of what they feel passionate about doing? And then maybe some of the stuff that they don't feel passionate about doing, they can give to somebody else in that on the team. Right. And, and they, people can swap responsibilities on their job descriptions around. And therefore we create a new idea of what job description should look like in order to increase productivity in the workplace. Because, you know, every year, every year Gallup does this study that shows that 85% of the people worldwide are not passionately engaged in their job. Okay. In North America, it's the best around the world. In North America, seven out of 10 people are not passionately engaged in their job. Two out of 10 people are negatively engaged in their job they're actually disruptive in the workplace because they hate their job so much so what have we was could this before covid or after covid no this was this has been going on for like 20 years they've been doing oh, i this. bet it's worse now 
I have. A, I would put money on that. Go ahead. Actually, I think the latest study comes out that 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 um, it's it's the same as it always has been, basically. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's 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 it, it boggles my mind how this has not changed year after year after year. Right now, Gallup's response to this is they're trying to get people like focus on your strengths. Right, that's what they're trying to do. They're the ones that created the Strengths Finder. I think it's a wonderful I assessment. It. I love that assessment. I think it has a, a definite purpose and it should it change my life in a big way. Really yeah, no, it is, it is a wonderful assessment, right? And what I'm trying to do with my thing is, you know, I would love my assessment to be a companion piece to that, to fill in the missing piece. It's not about just stuff that you're good at doing and excel at doing that you should also feel passionate about doing the stuff that you're good at doing. And if you don't feel yeah, I love that, I want to circle back a little bit, make sure people caught what you said, because I think it'd be easy to brush off. And that was, you talked about rewriting the job descriptions. Um, and so some of the non-English lit majors might be like, what? Like, you know, why, why just reordering the job description, but the, the power, think of it like a GPS, right? You know, if you take a GPS and you scramble the directions, um, you know, and you say, go left here, go right there, go left. And you, you change that. It 100% affects the journey that you have as well. But when you're more intentional then about, I want to get from point A to point B, right? The GPS takes you there in, in a direction that you probably want to go in order to get there fast and, and have the experience. Well, when we take a look at the job descriptions and pull back the curtains on, these aren't just items that have to be done, boxes to be checked. But how do we gamify this? How do we make this a process of uh, that? That's the process of making sure that we make it fun. Uh, that's what the e-myth talks about is make everything a game and an enjoyable process. And, and I think you, you hit uh, one of the keys in the head is we have to go back to that basic root of what is being done here and, and how do we share that work, too. That's that's a little bit. Whoa, Ken, like that's that's a vision that makes me a little uncomfortable as an entrepreneur. Like that's a big overhaul. But. I also know in my heart that's going to lead to massive results too. So well said, keep going with it. Well, like I say, it's a big vision. It is a big vision that, that hit me hard. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's a big <laughs> undertaking and bigger undertakings like that always have tremendous results. Um, you know, even if they have to create a little bit of, of riff in the process, but part of the reality of avoiding the risk with that is working with somebody who's been planning this out in their mind for many years you know, who has actually already thought through or been through the experience of worst case scenarios that could pop up. Um, so uh, with that, I didn't mean to do that, but I'm going to jump right into uh, what is your worst business or career experience ever? What did that look like, Ken? Oh, hey, I'll never forget this one. It was like one day I was 34 years old, uh, was a vice president of a global corporation. And uh, and I had a job that most people would have loved to have. I had no reason I should hate that job. I mean, I had a, I had a, a wonderful team that was giving me 110%. I had this incredible compensation package that most people would have died for. Um, and, and I woke up one morning and I just had so much anxiety. I couldn't drag myself out of bed to face the day ahead. Like I hated my job so much. Right. And, and that, that it took me two days to figure out what was wrong and, and the insight that i had was that i kept getting promoted for things i was really good at doing okay and by the time i got to that senior level 80 percent of my day was doing things i was really good at doing but that i actually did not enjoy doing at all to the point that it became 
stressful and created anxiety and 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 you know you think about like you're you're not feeling fulfilled you're not feeling inspired because you're doing stuff that makes you miserable even though you're really really good at it so every time i hear somebody talking about all you have to do is keep you know keep working on your strengths and keep leveraging what you're really really good at and sooner or later you get to a point where you're making so much money and everything you're going to be so much you're going to be happy you're going to be passionate no you're not i'm proof that 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 and 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 so you know that that was my worst experience okay and that was the motivation for me to to try to figure out what i was passionate about doing but the problem is i had no clue what my passion was i've got 43 books on my shelf here on how to discover life passion and purpose and none of them connected the dots for me right it was it was it's a very introspective process it's almost like you have to sit cross-legged on the floor burn incense from time to time run up and run up the mountain, talk to the monk, all that kind of stuff, right? It's it's a very kind of spiritual, introspective kind of process. And it has you looking for just one thing out of a universe of thousands of possibilities that could potentially be your passion. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack, right? So well, let's look at that. Yeah. So uh, it sounds like that's the powerful lesson we should dive into. Um, okay. So when it comes to, you had, you had 30 plus books that you had read on finding your passion. None mm -hmm. of the books did the trick. And so, yeah, what is that lesson that the visionaries can learn from your experience and how did you unlock the passion? It, it was, it was, it was trial and error. Literally it was trial and error until, and, and, and it took years. I mean, I was 34 when that happened, it took almost 20 years of trial and error to figure stuff out to the wow. point where one day I had a eureka moment and I said, oh my God, I just figured out what my passion was. Right. And, and, and then I started to do a little reverse engineering and I started saying, well, I did all this through the deeply introspective process and trial and error, which everyone tells you to do. Just like, you know, there, there are guys right now that, that, that I really, really respect guys like Gary Vaynerchuk and stuff like that are saying, look, just keep going and trying things until you figure out what you're passionate about. Yes, you can do that. I did that, but it can take years. Right. Right. And so that's why I felt there has to be a way where an assessment can be used. So that you don't have to rely on introspective techniques, but you can actually find some scientifically based methodology that, that can be can be credible and reliable and repeatable. Right. Uh, and that we took me 16 to, years of testing to do that. It took me 16 years. 16 to figure years. Out. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And so it sounds like you're going to save us some time on that. We're going to be we're going to circle back to that. I want to hit the subject of Gary Vaynerchuk real quick, because sure. uh, one, I, I have massive, massive respect for what he yeah, does. Love the guy. And, love the guy. and so do you, I can see that. And at the same time, so many people, I think, don't recognize his audience, um, you know, and, and who it is that he he serves at his core. Now, he serves all of us, right? And everybody has the the, the opportunity to serve anybody. You know, if grandma's walking across the street and I say, I can go outside and serve her too. That does not make her my core audience. Um, that just means that I'm gonna be a good person and go do what I need to do. When it comes to Gary, he comes from uh, the Bronx, um, you know, of, of New York or Harlem or one, one of those New York, uh, you know, it's dangerous suburbs of New York, those barrios, as you'd say in Spanish. Um, and he, that's who he serves. And I love it. And I love that he's committed to it. That's one of the reasons he drops F-bombs over and over and over because he speaks the dialect of the people that he's designed to serve. And he tells them, you got to grind, you got to hustle, you got to work, you got to figure out everything that you can do, everything that you can to get out. And I see a, a lot of people that have mommy and daddy's credit card. 
that have everything given to them, their education, they've got the opportunity to, to go and do anything they want to. And, you know, they're, they're, they're buying into this grind culture, um, you know, because they, they probably feel attracted to the idea of being like Gary Vee. Um, but they're kind of, they're, they're not really paying attention to who's the audience around them and what's the language of the people they could influence the most. It's a really interesting concept, but to what, to your point, we don't have to buy into the grind culture just because, um, you know, and if you look at the grind from a third world perspective, going and finding clean water, I mean, imagine everybody was talking about that. Now everybody's going looking for, for clean water. It, I don't think it would create the right type of balance for our lives because you who's listening, you are the visionary for your life. Ken can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you what to do. Gary Vee can't tell you what to do. We can be guides, but you also have to use your own intuition to recognize what pattern, what style works for you. So Ken, you mentioned it was a 20 year journey still, even after that point. Um, so what is that powerful lesson that whoop, help, helped you? You know, I know it was kind of a eureka, but I don't want to wait 20 years. What do you got for me? Well, no, it, it was, I, I came to the conclusion that, that your passion is not a thing. Okay. okay. This was the big, this was the big aha moment for me. Your passion is not one thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. At the time I called it a theme. It is a theme. Okay. That holds a bunch of individual things together. So what I was discovering through the deeply introspective process over the years is I come up with something that I thought was my passion. And then I say, well, no, because the, no, that was my passion. And that's not even related to that. And something else would come up saying, well, that doesn't relate to that. And it took me, it was that one day when it was a eureka moment and I figured it out and saying, ah, this is what relates all these things together. It's a theme. Okay. So just so you know, what my passion theme was that I discovered is that any time that I was involved in any kind of a process of improving or perfecting anything, didn't matter what it was, you could give me a document to edit, to make it better. You give me a video to edit, to make it better. You could say, build me a new website, make it better. I could do that, right? You could say, go into this room and move the furniture around so that the, the room is, you know, a, a much better room to live in or work in. Okay, I could do that anytime. Golf swing, I would spend hours trying to perfect my golf swing, okay? Because it was in trying to improve and perfect. And said, okay, so that's a theme, improving and perfecting. Okay, what other themes are there? And after, I, it, I at one time I was up to 34 or whatever, I settled on 21 different themes. And I tested themes and people didn't understand themes, but they do understand types. So now I call them dream job types or I call them job passion types when I use my assessment when I go into corporations. Okay, because because it, it, it's the same study. I just have a different report. Okay, it's the same assessment, just different report. And so just so you know, ideas, what, so people are probably wondering, well, what the heck is a dream job type? Well, improving and perfecting is one of them. Okay, but something like analyzing or calculating evaluating or judging, designing, persuading, storytelling, artistic creation, okay? Um, investigating or fact-finding, coaching or mentoring. These are dream job types, okay? So they define a workflow process. So you can imagine that we talked about job descriptions earlier. So you could have somebody that really loves to do organizing and coordinating. Well, guess what? That's great if you're a project manager, okay? Okay, but you have somebody that loves to do documenting and chronicling. Well, great, that's an administrative task. Okay, so what you do is you say, I'm going to take all of the administrative tasks that I hate and I'm going to give it to that person over there on the other side of the room that loves to do that stuff. Okay, 
And then, so you end up creating pods, right? You get, you know, of, of passion experts. Yeah. Right. And, and anyway, so that, that's, it's just, it's just where my, my crazy brain takes me. So, yeah. <laughs> that's fun, man. It's awesome. And, and I love that. I love that you openly refer to the resources um, that have influenced the process as well of, of creating your own assessment. Um, I know a lot of, I know a lot of people who, who pretend to create great assessments and things like that. And they kind of isolate themselves and act like the other ones don't matter. Um, but there's a building block process that exists with this. And I, I see your system reflects a lot of the, the other great systems that I've relied on out there, like StrengthsFinder. Um, so as we, uh, as we get ready to go into a few more lessons, first, I want to ask you about what's been your best experience in, in business, helping people in terms of finding their, their passions? What does that look like for you? Hey, you know, it, it, I'm glad you asked that because this is near and dear to me and, and it's totally aligned with my vision. Um, last year, I had the, the honor and privilege of helping more than 200 people establish their own business based on their passions um, wow. by being either coaches or consultants or online course creators or trainers. Okay. And I, I, it, was, it was just so fulfilling for me to work with them, to help them uncover what their niche should be and then help them design what their, their high ticket program should be to offer their services uh, in the most valuable way to the people they wanted to serve. Um, so that, that, that's my, my best experience so far, like 200 people last year. That's awesome. That, that's great. And uh, when you say that, that high ticket program, um, for those who aren't familiar with that term, perhaps what we're referring to is um, them getting paid really a sufficient amount of money to be able to sustain their business and continue to build upon it, providing a very high end service um, for, for people that um, they can then dramatically help them transform their lives. Um, nothing wrong with, uh, with selling lollipops um, for, for trick-or-treaters, um, and socks, um, you know, through the Dollar Tree. Nothing wrong with that at all. It's a different style of helping and supporting people. But when you're looking at high ticket, um, that's what, that's what Ken was helping these entrepreneurs establish. That's cool. Um, let's talk about, uh, you know, exploring the, the opportunities that exist with, if, if somebody wants this book, Dream Job Discovery, um, you know, or, or we're in a position where they're looking for a job, should they start with the book? Should they start with the assessment? What would you do today? Um, you know, if you were, you know, back to back to square one um, as, a, as that 34 year old, what would well, you, you know, look like? OK, yeah, it's great. I'm great. It's good that you brought it back to 34 because, you know, as I said, I have I have all these books on my shelf. Um, that's where I went. Right. That was the first thing I did. I went to a book. Right. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I wrote the book, because I wanted people to finally have a book that they could go to because the other ones weren't connecting. The that dots, was smart. Right? So you designed the book knowing that that's the path people are likely to take, even though you it sounds like you also know of a better solution. But you can't you can't get a horse to drink water, you know, like if, if they're not willing to. So. No, that's right. So I, st I started with the book, but the book was was written. Again, I'm a big fan of Clips and Strengths. So, the, you know, if anyone who takes Strengths Finder will see if there's a companion book to that assessment. So, so I created the assessment first, and then I wrote the book to be a companion piece to the assessment to help people interpret their results. Okay, mm -hmm. and I did that because then I could reach more people. With, with you know, I, I can only work one on one with so many people. 
but with the book, yeah. I can reach those million people, right? So everyone, if they buy the book and they read the first three chapters, when they get to the third chapter, it's going to say, go download the assessment, take the assessment, right? So I would encourage them to buy the book first if they want to do something on their own, okay? The first three chapters gives you all the context so that you know why you're doing what you're doing, what you're doing, right? And it understands that, and it helps you understand too that, that uh -huh. the assessment and this whole job, dream job discovery thing, this missing piece is the passion. And, but, but all these other assessments, they are the other pieces that are also needed to come up with your dream job. You know, you need to know your personality traits. You need a Myers-Briggs. You need to know your behavior traits. You need a disc. You need Clifton strengths to figure out what your natural strengths and talents are. My, my assessment is the missing piece. It's the, the stuff you're naturally going to feel passionate about doing, right? And so it, the book explains that, sets it all up, helps you figure out how to use all of those. Later on in the book, too, I, I, I give you links to go take those other assessments. And then I show you how to put it all together to pinpoint the job that you'd actually feel passionate about doing. Awesome. Let's open the let's open the can a little bit on this. Um, so let's dive into let's just pretend people don't have the book. They don't have the ability to buy the book, um, but they want to start this process on their own right now. What what would you tell your 34 year old your 34 year old self to, to do at that point if they didn't have access to the resources? A really simple thing I would encourage everyone to do. Remember I said that my discovery was that I kept getting promoted for doing things I was really good at doing, right? And that's what happens. Like you, you are probably right now leveraging on your resume all the things you're really good at doing to get out of a job that you don't enjoy to go find one that you hope you will enjoy, right? So the first thing I would encourage them to do is Get a piece of paper and on one side of the paper, write down all the things that you know you're really good at doing, all the tasks at work that you excel doing, right? Put it aside for a couple of hours, go have a coffee, come back, then just circle the things on that list that you really enjoy doing, okay? That's gonna be the first eye opener to you that, oh my goodness, the stuff that I'm really good at doing is stuff that I don't enjoy doing, but now at least I've got, I've got a few clues now of the things that I do like doing and that'll open your eyes to start paying attention to things that you actually enjoy doing and then maybe you will start to see the pattern right of of what what might actually be a passion that you want to pursue okay I love that. The, simp the simplest thing obviously would just be to go take the assessment because the assessment can tell you in 20 minutes what it is you'd be passionate about doing but if you can't do that then at least start start to take note of the things that you are passionate about doing. And you know, you, you do hear a lot in these other books and everything that I talk about that you can read. I mean, there are, there are issues of, you can think back to your childhood of things that you felt passionate about doing as a child. Um, I don't know about, maybe some people can do that. I mean, that certainly wasn't anything that I, that helped me at the time. But I can tell you that once I figured it out and I thought back to my childhood, once I figured it out using my own approach and I thought back to my childhood, it is correct. The stuff that I enjoy doing as a child, I yeah, that's what I love doing as a kid. Like it all fits. So the yeah. whole idea is that, and, and I'll tell you why this fits. It's because my whole assessment is based on your core values. The assessment is measuring your core values. Okay. All right. 
Now, most people, if you if you ask people, what are your core values? They, they might come up with four or five. OK, but the assessment's measuring way more than that. Uh-huh. Or, or, or I, I, the, the master list of core values has over 600 values on it. Right. Oh. So there's, there's no way you'd know them all. Right. What I did is I took I took those core values and I, I took the ones that would be most appropriate to the businesses you know, for, to, for business use. Right. Yep. OK, and, so and, I got a I got a good list here. Let me let me circle back a little bit on this, Ken. Um, yeah, okay. So one, um, write that list of things that you're really good at. Um, I, I like that. And then I like that you say the take the break too, and then come back to it. And when you're coming back to it, you're going to circle what it is that you enjoy, which gives you a little bit of insight into what your passions might be a little bit, at least, at least help you understand what you can uh, look for in terms of job opportunities. For instance, if you hate making phone calls and you work in a call center, um, you know, then you might have a really good indicator really quickly that you should probably look for a job that doesn't involve a phone for 90% of your day. Um, and then you said you, you're going to start taking note of what you're passionate about. Let's redefine the word passion a little bit too. Um, people, people get confused, um, you know, with, with, I do with semantics and vernacular, there's lots of ways to look at that word. So when you're talking about passions, can, can you describe some elements of passion? Maybe what are you passionate about or what is common for people to define as their passions? Yeah, I think that, that. There's a, there's a misconception out there that there's myths about what is a passion, what's not a passion, right? So think of it this way. When you are passionately engaged in something, okay, you tend to get in a flow state. In other words, you make a cup of coffee, you put it down, you start doing something. Four hours later, you look up, you haven't taken a sip of your coffee yet, okay? It's almost like an athlete being in the zone, okay? It's, it's, it's something that, 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 that totally consumes you on a mental and or a physical or an emotional level. Okay, and you just get so engrossed in it that time passes, right? And that's that's your first clue, that, and and the clue that you should definitely look for. That's this most definitive clue that oh my goodness, this is this is probably a passion because I because I put my my coffee down and I didn't take a sip of it for like three hours, right? So what what, what was I doing? What 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 is it about that? Write it down, right? Okay, and and then you'll start to see patterns like that every time you get into a flow state. Okay, what is it that you're doing? Okay, and then start to figure out well. Think of it in terms of a workflow process. What is it I'm doing? Am I organizing? Am I coordinating? Am I analyzing? Am I calculating? Am I evaluating? Am I judging? Am I persuading somebody? Am I storytelling? What am I chronicling? Or you know, these are the kinds of things you start to think of what it is. Okay, and they don't have to. They don't have to correspond to the ones that I have in my survey. Okay, but if you can identify yourself that yeah, like every time I try to persuade somebody to do something, like I guess I get so into it and I enjoy it so much. You say, well, guess what? Persuading is probably your passion type. You should probably look for a job in sales, or you could be a you know a litigation lawyer, or 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 a negotiator, or or you know those are. You, you start to see the patterns, right? If, mm-hmm. if 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 you're really if writing is really your thing, you know, or investigator fact finding, okay, investigator fact finding. Well, yeah, maybe police work, forensic work, maybe diagnostic work, any kind of a job where you have to do diagnostics, whether it be medical or 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 automotive or, or you know, in the tech industry, what any kind of diagnostic work, right? Um, you start to see patterns. Okay. So that, 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 that could be one way you could, you could just do it on your own. The other thing too, is that, is that we, we talked about values, right? So start to think about values are important. If you're doing something that if you're doing work that doesn't align with your personal values, you're going to feel stress and anxiety, right? So, so right. think that look for companies to work for 
that where your values align with their corporate values. Which means you have to define your values first, right? Right. In order to, so to so just even, do you help people with the process of once they find their passion and their their dream job actually landing the job? I'm just curious about that. Yeah, actually, what I I I can I can help them pinpoint the process, the, the job. Like I have a process that and it's in the book too, the process for how you do the transition from once you you found your dream job to actually landing that job. I'm not I don't act as a regular career coach though, in terms of you know helping you find the different opportunities and preparing for the job interview and writing your resume. I don't do that sort of thing. Let's bridge the gap on that a little bit then. Um, in that case, so if somebody has taken your assessment, passion assessment, and uh, not just passion, the dream job assessment, all that, now they're ready to look for it. Where do you recommend that they would go for that next stage? Um, where, what are some of the resources you've seen in the market that are, hey, your destination ends here? Where does that torch get passed to? Well, there, you just simply go on LinkedIn and you find a career coach that works in your in your area, right? So a career coach. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you could go to a career coach, and the beauty of it is now you can go to the career coach, and, and or or even you could even go to a recruiter. Let's say you you know you're you're going to a recruiter, and you're and, and you're saying, look, okay, you go to a headhunter or a recruiter, and saying, look, I'm I'm looking for a job, but here's the thing, I've had all these jobs that I'm really really good at doing. I want to. This is a job where these are my passions. I'd like my passions also to be part of the process. And I've taken this assessment, and now I know what my passions are. So now we're going to find a job where I get to use those passions, right? And so you, 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 and, and I explain all that in the book, right? But it's, 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 uh, yeah, but we're uh, here now. So that's why I'm pushing you on it is we don't yeah, want yeah, the no, book no. yet. We will want the book, but we've got to, we got to make sure that the gap you're bridging goes from the point A to the point B, but we've also got a vision of, of not a dead end road. So that's helpful to know about the career coaches. I never used a career coach ever. Yeah, um, no, a career coach I've is plenty. Coach. I've coached some, um, mm -hmm. but as far as using one, I didn't even know when to begin that, how, et cetera. Since you're so close to the subject matter, that becomes an extremely helpful um, resource for people to make sure they got the full vision of like, okay, he can help me find the passion and he can help me use that to get to where I want to go um, by then providing the open door of, hey, I, I recommend these types of career coaches. There's good pat coaches, bad coaches, et cetera. Who better to ask about the next stage of the process than Ken Steven? So do you have anybody in mind that, that you recommend or any organization that, that no, uh, it, in mind? you're welcome to think about that and bring that back to us at some point. I, yeah, I would be very curious. Yeah, what you the, find. The, 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 you're going to find that, that most, almost any career coach that you find on LinkedIn or whatever, uh, they would be able to do that. I mean, that they, you know, if they're, and again, it's just like it's just like shopping for anything else. You're going to take a look at the person. You're going to see if it's a good fit. You're going to see if there's good chemistry and that kind of thing. And as long as all that's there, um, you're going to give them a, a piece of information they don't normally work with, which is saying, "Look, I also want a job where I get to I get to leverage these passions, right?" And 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 uh, and and they'll take it from there. Now, for anybody that decides they want to create their own business, become a coach or a consultant or a trainer or an online course creator, okay. I do work directly with those individuals to help them transition from the corporate world to become an entrepreneur. Okay. Nice. Um, that's where I spend my, my, my coaching time rather than doing the, the career coaching side of things. Awesome. 
if you are looking uh, to get help on that process, both the processes, finding the passion, trying to figure out, you know, what, what can propel you forward, knowing that Ken went through 30 plus books without really finding that. Um, and you've been in that same situation, then I highly recommend reaching out to him. Ken, where's the best place to reach out to you at? Best place really is just my name, kenstephen.com. So just, just go there, kenstephen.com. And uh, every way to contact me is there. There's a, uh, it's even a couple of, that's uh, a download there too, about if you want to start your, your own business as an entrepreneur to see whether or not you've got the right stuff. Um, yeah. I encourage you to, to get that download as a good starting point. I do too. Any types of uh, assessments you can find about entrepreneurship out there, my friends, is huge. James Hilliard said it today too. So has Ken. Entrepreneurship is not easy. Elon Musk said it's like eating glass. It takes somebody who's crazy to do it. Reed Hoffman of LinkedIn said it's like pushing a plane off of a cliff and repairing it while it's going down. Uh, it is not for the faint of heart. And you may think with all your, your muster, like, well, I'm ready then. Um, and that's cool. You can be, but it doesn't hurt to do some assessments and make sure that you learn what you don't know about the process as you get ready to go into it. So I'm glad you provide assessments like that. Ken, not only does it provide clear pathways, it also provides some security for people, even whether they, they care about security or not in the process. But Vision Pros, we're excited to have you on. Um, we, If anybody that's listening right now wants to be on the show, don't hesitate to apply. We would love to hear out your vision and see if it's something that applies to those who are tuning in. Ken, we're grateful to have you here as well. If you got questions for Ken, don't hesitate to drop those in the comments. We will get those back to you. We might even do some type of special Loom video for you, training video just for your specific question. Uh, Ken's always been very giving to me. Um, we met at a conference several months ago. Um, and ever since then, his diligence, his reliability, his consistency, and his passion for what he does has 100% struck me. So Ken, you're a friend for life. Thanks for being on Vision Pros, man. This was awesome. And listen, I, and thank you for helping me with my mission to make the world a happier place for people to live. Hey, absolutely. You guys take care. Everybody have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving